And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything's potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he sent me after shots to So tell me why Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I'm joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And today we have a very special guest, the beat reporter for the Milwaukee Bucks, Eric Nem. Oh, that Eric, hurts. Thank you for joining no, us. How name, are you doing today? No, name. That hurts, man. Name. That, name. That, you know, Jay said your name earlier, and I I like wrote it or I didn't write it down, but I was like, <laughs> I didn't know how to pronounce it. I tried to commit it to memory, and then in the moment I failed. Oh, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, hopefully. His name is some... literally name, and you got it wrong. It's it's okay. You know, it it, yeah, it happens no. all the time. It's not spelt like name, and that's okay. You know, a lot of disrespect as I come onto the pod, but that's all right. Uh, we'll, we'll get through it. <laughs> that's the ex- uh, kind of vitriol. That's what this type of the, the Bucks Celtics series is. You should expect this is the second round of the playoffs. Right? There's no niceties going For on. For sure. Uh, so. We are here to you know preview this series. It's uh, and I think the biggest question. From I guess my perspective as someone who did not watch a lot of the Bucks Bulls series is what is the impact of losing Chris Middleton uh, going to be on this, or what's like the biggest impact losing Chris Middleton will have on the Bucks as they take on the Celtics? Yeah, I mean, I put it in my story when Chris uh, first got kind of knocked out uh, before Game Three against the Bulls, but you know, to me. 44% of Chris Middleton's makes this season were assisted. That means over 50% he's creating. He also had five assists a game. Uh, Chris Middleton is a shot creator. Uh, and, you know, as Celtics fans know, he's also a shot maker. Uh, he he has had so many good series. Celtics against- fans sure do know that <laughs> very well. Uh, he- He's he's played against the he's played very well against the Celtics over the years, but you know that is what Chris does. Uh, you know he gets on the tough shot express. He's gonna make some tough ones, but he's also one of Giannis's main pick and roll partners. Like he he goes out there. He was one of seventeen players in the NBA to put up 25, 25 and five on the season. So that's the type of production that you're looking at from Chris Middleton and. Yeah, the Bucks can try to get it from different places, but to me, the self the self shot creation is such a big part of it. When you look at the guys that are going to fill in for him, you, you know, you're talking about Grayson Allen, who had back to back career playoff highs against the Bulls with 22 and 27 in games three and four. You're looking at Pat Connaughton, who had 20 in game five, going six and nine from the three point line, and then you're looking at Bobby Portis, who's averaged 15 and 13 since Chris has been out. Those guys, all of, I shouldn't say all of their shots, but a much larger majority of their shots are assisted. They need someone else to set them up for the shots that they make and the shots that they take. And that just wasn't the case with Chris. Like, obviously, you know, he can work as a catch and shoot guy. That's how he started his career. But so much of what Chris does is being one of the central hubs of the Bucks offense. And, and to me, when you're talking about, you know, how they got past Chicago, Sure, Grayson Allen hit a bunch of shots. Pat Connaughton hit a bunch of shots. Bobby Portis did the same. But those guys don't create shots like Chris Middleton does. And against the Bulls, that doesn't matter. The Bulls were not a good basketball team. They, they you didn't mean Kobe have a, White's not a stopper? You know, Kobe White, not notably <laughs> not a stopper. Even when, you know, Zach Levine was healthy. Like, you go up and down that roster. One, they didn't have anybody for Giannis. And two... They didn't have anybody for the guys below Giannis. Like, 
They just aren't a good defensive team. And then you go into Boston and this is the best defensive team in the league. Those easy shots aren't going to be there. Those catch and shoot looks aren't going to be there. So to me, that's that's kind of the big thing in this series is that the Bucks are going to miss this most against a great defense. They need someone to create shots. And without Middleton, uh, they've taken out a large part of that. So can the Bucks find a way offensively will be the largest question to me uh, in this series. Yeah, I, I I wonder how it'll go. I feel like there's just so much on Giannis right now in this series that he has to not just be great for himself, but he has to puncture the Celtics defense enough to make sure that Grayson Allen gets easy shots and yep. Bobby Portis gets easy shots and Brooke Lopez gets easy shots and Pat Connaughton gets easy shots. Because like you said, like Chris Middleton is a guy who can take a great defensive possession from the other team and score anyway. Yep. And and so Giannis, like there's just so much on him. And and the way they're playing, at least the way they're starting, with the the three big lineup with Bobby Portis at small forward, that cracked me up when they went to that. I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, but it worked. It was awesome. They they dominated defensively. I just wonder if they can squeeze enough points out of that group to to damage the Celtics at the other end because the Celtics like they stay intact a lot better than the Bulls do. Like they're going to stay out of rotation. They're going to switch a ton. Yep. And and it's going to be a lot harder for the other guys to score unless Giannis just goes supernova, which is totally possible. Um, but I think he, he has to be maybe even better than ever in this series for them to really have a chance of scoring at a pretty high level. And maybe they'll just win a, a bloodbath. Like I, I, that, he, he may not have to do that for them to win the series, uh, but for them to score a lot, I think he would have to do that. Uh, let, let's talk about that jumbo starting lineup because I'm very intrigued how it will match up against the Celtics. We we talked about this a little bit in the preview we wrote on The Athletic. Um, but with Portis, Giannis, and Lopez, I do think that could set up some some pretty tough matchups for the Bucks against the Celtics. Um, although you think that Giannis will just be a rover on Marcus Smart, so maybe it won't be that many tough matchups. Yeah, I mean, I think historically we've seen the Bucks be pretty willing to put Giannis on smart and have Giannis um, not fully ignore him, but, I mean, he's been pretty aggressive with his help. Um, <laughs> I think there's, I don't, I, I know Marcus Smart can get threes up, so it's not his career high, but I would guess across the last three seasons, he probably does not average more three-point attempts than any team than the Milwaukee Bucks because every time they play, it's a solid double-digit three-point attempt night for Marcus Smart. And and for me, I think that's if you're the Bucks with the way that Jason Tatum is playing right now, um, you know, with the way that Jalen Brown can he, go he off. He took 30, 33s in four games against Milwaukee this year, to your point. <laughs> no, like he he will get them up uh, against the Bucks. Uh and and if you're the Bucks, I know Marcus Smart has had some big nights from three, um, and you're playing a little bit to the variance gods and, and saying, okay, well, you know, maybe it's a night where Marcus Smart goes eight for 12, or maybe it's a night where he goes two for 12, and, and you're putting a lot of that into largely chance. But if you're the Bucks, isn't that chance better than doing something weird where, you know, you put a bad matchup on Jason Tatum or even just Jason Tatum in general. Like, isn't a Marcus Smart possession a win over a Jason Tatum possession? Like, if you're getting more Marcus Smart possessions, I think that's a win for the Bucks overall. And I think that's something that they're willing to play with and willing to encourage, I think, in many ways, where it'll be like, yeah, Giannis is good over there. Like, you know what, Marcus, if you want to take some threes, that's cool. If you want to drive... Giannis will be there and he'll be ready. But like, other than that, go do your thing. We're going to have Giannis be a rover and he'll just be able to do the stuff that he does best because that allows them to be a lot more solid with Robert Williams around the rim or Daniel Tice. I'm not a hundred percent. I don't think anyone's a hundred percent sure exactly what Robert Williams is going to be able to do in this series. I know there's been, you know, some talk about him being like 90% somewhere around there. Um, 
So I, I think you're solid at the rim with Brooke Lopez. And then with Bobby Portis, you're not having him chase anyone around because I, I think if you put Giannis on one of the two bigs, it gets weird in a hurry, right? Like Bobby Portis on Tatum or smart or Brown. I just don't think that that's something that, you know, the bucks would willingly subject themselves to. And obviously the Celtics can run offensive actions to try to get those looks, but for the most part, to me, I think that's pretty straightforward for the Bucks, And I think it's very interesting on the other side, because in my mind, and I wrote this in our preview at The Athletic, in my mind, the ideal matchups for the Celtics is Horford on Giannis, Robert Williams, Daniel Tice, whatever, at the rim, and then your three wings in the lanes for Giannis. So this is... This is classic how to slow down Giannis. The recipe has not changed. The formula has not changed. You want a biggish dude that has quick feet on him on the ball. You want a rim protector to clean everything up. And then you want long-armed wing defenders to clog any driving lane so that you can build that wall as solidly as possible. And if you do that, if you do put Horford there, that leaves a strange matchup on Bobby Portis or Brooke Lopez. I assume you go Robert Williams or Daniel Tice on Brooke Lopez. And then that means a smaller guy on Bobby Portis. And I mean, DeMar DeMar DeRozan is tough, strong. And Bobby Portis made him look like a little boy in, in that series against the Bulls. It was three possessions in a row. All right, Bobby, go to work on the block. Bucket, bucket, assist. And the Bulls called a timeout and we're like, all right, well, that's not going to work because Bobby Portis can fill it up. So how do we do it here? I'm really curious to see how the Celtics match up. I think it's it's fascinating both ways. What do you think? Yeah, and I think that's been one of the, the key parts of the Celtics defense this year is that when switched onto a bigger dude, their wings and even their point guards, Marcus Smart, Derek White, don't get abused. Um, and so like Tatum, Brown, even Marcus Smart. Like I think those guys will be able to handle Portis in a way that the Bulls probably weren't when he was a small forward. Uh the Marcus Smart aspect of the series will be huge. How do they attack that the Celtics? Are they able to is he able to knock down shots and are they able to use that the the runway that Giannis is giving right. him to le- to leverage good opportunities elsewhere. Uh, I think this the the way the Bucks play can kind of lull you into taking maybe not like terrible shots, but not great shots. And They're not the best shots. They, like they certainly that, attempt. That, that's the whole thing. They tempt Marcus pretty hard every yeah. game. They they want Marcus Smart to shoot. Yeah, and and he's come a long way in that. But I think the 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 Celtics patience. Um, being being willing to take up a lot of the shot clock and execute hard and execute smart so that you're not necessarily settling for a long jumper for someone the Bucks want to take that jumper early in the shot clock all the time. Um, I think that's going to be huge because there are going to be ways you can attack this Bucks defense if they are playing Portis a lot at the three. If when they go to their bench, you know. Allen, as as well as he's played, he's a smaller wing. Like he's not mm-hmm. a huge wing. Even even Connaughton, if if he's matched up against Tatum, like is going to be giving up significant size. Uh, so and then Carter, I love Javon Carter. Like I am the biggest Javon Carter fan probably in the world. <laughs> um, but he, the. He, it's an interesting lane. He's though. he's really not a good offensive player. So how can the Celtics? kind of punish the bucks for playing him as as much as they probably will need to uh and then it really feels like bobby portis is a huge x factor in this series and that's kind of terrifying because crazy eyes bobby portis is kind of terrifying and he can get really hot but i'm cute like on both ends of the court were they switching him on like pick and rolls and like having him guard on the perimeter? Because that's just not what I imagine Bobby Portis to be like his his strength. And it feels like it's potentially something that the Celtics can try to exploit, try to get Tatum on him. But I just don't know how good Bobby Portis is at containing ball pressure on the perimeter. Yeah. So last season, 
Bobby spent the entire year trying to learn the Bucks drop defensive coverage. And, you know, if if you're new to the Bucks, essentially on a pick and roll, they're going to have Brooke Lopez, who's the absolute master of it. He's the best in the league at drop coverage. Like, I, I truly believe he's even better than Rudy Gobert at, at drop coverage. Like, this dude is unbelievable in drop coverage and, and getting you to take floaters and do, you know, the tough stuff as a point guard. Uh, so, essentially, they're going to play drop coverage. The, the center is going to drop back and Brooke Lopez is going to try to contest shots at the rim, keep you away from the rim, hopefully get you to take like a floater or a mid-range jumper. And that's a win for the Bucks in that possession. So they had Bobby Portis try to do that all of last year. Bobby Portis is not Brooke Lopez. Um, Bobby Portis is just not very good in drop coverage. So this year with Brooke Lopez out for the first 60 games of the season, they started Bobby Portis and they had Bobby get very aggressive in pick and roll coverage. It would be, you know, very high hedges. Sometimes it would be traps. Sometimes it'd be blitzes. They were trying they to call do it the Carl Towns. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta try to do something like if this dude can't play drop coverage, like you gotta try to do something to hopefully quickly get the ball out of that ball handler's, hands into someone else like just totally attempt to blow it up so that you don't have to deal with that and you know they found success for it for about a month and then everyone kind of figured out like oh they're just going to willingly get into rotation to get the ball out of the pick and roll ball handler hands okay great we're just going to make a simple pass and then the bucks are going to have to try to recover and they got tore up for a month and, and the bucks overall weren't very good defensively so they are going to do what they can to keep bobby portis from switching they're going to do what they can to try to keep him out of pick and roll coverage as much as possible they're going to try to do everything to you know keep that away and that's something that the celtics are going to attack they're going to try to find bobby portis wherever he is and put him in endless pick and rolls, whether that is Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, or Jason Tatum. Like they that is what they will try to do. So you're hundred percent right to say like that's the probably the target offensively. And then, you know, Jay, I thought you brought up an interesting point. For the majority of Budenholzer's time in Milwaukee, the the ace in the Bucks sleeve has always been we're going small, Giannis at center, switch everything, let's see what you can do against it. And, I mean, they did some death lineup stuff in the finals with Pat Connaughton as, like, the four, and, like, the Suns didn't have an answer for it. Throughout the postseason, teams didn't have an answer for it. It was really impressive stuff. And what people will never probably give Chris Middleton credit for was he makes it all work. He's six foot seven. He's got like a seven foot wingspan. He's an insanely smart team defender. Does he get blown by sometimes one on one? He sure does. But he knows exactly what he's doing. And he was the glue to that switching lineup. He could go up and down the line, whether that's point guards, centers, like he could do all of that stuff. And he allowed it to happen. Now, without Chris Middleton, as you mentioned, Grayson Allen. Okay. Th- that is food to to Jason Tatum. That is food to Jalen Brown. Like those two dudes are going to see Grayson Allen and say, all right, cool. Pat Connaughton, stronger. You're probably not going to like post him up, but you are going to get to your spots with a couple crossovers. Um, you know, I have another story coming out tomorrow about how the Bucks defended Jason Tatum. And, you know, there's this great clip of the first game or the second game in Boston, December 13th, Connaughton gets switched on to Tatum and Tatum goes into his whole, all right, I'm about to take a pull up. This is it's coming. Here we go. In between the legs, step back. Here we go. And Pat just bites on it. And Tatum hits him with the spin move and hits a, a left-hand finger roll from two feet uncontested. And like, that is what is going to happen if you put Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton in those situations. So to me, defensively, like the Bucks really are going to have some landmines to avoid. Like whether that's Bobby Portis in the starting lineup avoiding being in a lot of pick and rolls, or that's Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton, uh, you know, av- and as Jay said, Javon Carter, all avoiding switches defensively. Like th- that is going to be really tough for this Bucks team to avoid. And maybe there is, you know, some semblance of hope that you can make the Celtics work. You can get them into shots that they don't want to take. Whether that is, you know, a Marcus Smart three or a kick, kick, kick to 
Al Horford for an above the breakthrough. Like there's they're good shots. Don't get me wrong. Like those are good shots, but those aren't Jason Tatum getting easy looks, Jalen Brown getting easy looks. Like those are the others trying to beat you. And the Celtics are good enough. They could definitely beat the Bucs that way. But if you're talking about ideal outcomes and and talking about process, like for the Bucs, those are probably wins. Now, one thing, is Brooke Lopez still on a minutes restriction? Um, He he is not. So he's played more than 30 minutes. He played twice in the first round. Uh, I don't think he played more than 30 minutes once in the regular season. I do feel like he might have to play a lot in this series. Um, How will he hold up physically? Is, Is that something where that could be an issue for them? Uh, if if he does need to play a lot in this series because the Celtics can play big and and even when the Bucks go small, like I think the Celtics may still be able to play big, especially if Robert Williams and, and Robert Williams will be his health will be huge in this series right. because if he can do his normal things of guarding a wing on the Bucks, let's say, you know, Grace now or Pat Connaughton. Throw him right. on Pat Connaughton. If if he can help off Pat Connaughton, help on Giannis at the rim, and then still recover to Pat Connaughton and take threes away, like he did a lot during the regular season with wings, then that's a game changer for when the Bucks go small. Because if the Bucks go small with no Middleton and very little size on the wings compared to what they they used to have when they had PJ Tucker and Middleton, like that's that's going to be an issue if the Celtics can stay big against them. Uh, so I think he's going to be huge, but, but how do you see Lopez? Like, do you think he'll need to play a ton of minutes in this series? Uh, and, and how will he, like, is, is he totally fine physically? Um, so a couple questions there, I I guess with Lopez, the, I don't know if I've ever been, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty annoying. Um, just in general, that's just like who I am. Um, but I don't know if I've ever annoyed the organization more than as Brooke Lopez was coming back. Uh, every time the team would be like very optimistic and be like, you know, Brooke is right on schedule, blah, blah, blah. His back's gonna be totally fine. And I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, he's seven feet tall and he's 280 pounds and he's in his 13th NBA season. Um, you know, is, is this going to work out? Like, you're counting on this dude to just come back from back surgery. And, you know, the the track record for big dudes getting back surgery, uh, not, not so great. great. It's, it's not it's not great. And every time everyone in the organization, whether it was on the record or off the record, would be like, Eric, like, he's going to be great. Like, we're he's he's crushing his comeback. He, you know, he's awesome. And I'd be like, OK, I understand that. Like, you guys are going to keep saying that. But like what does he actually look like? Like you can keep saying this all you want, but like, what does he actually look like? And they'd be like, he looks great, Eric. Like we, we can't tell you anything else. Cause he looks <laughs> he has great. Looked good too. It's been and, unbelievable. And then he, he comes came in, back. It was just kind of Brooke Lopez. He was Brooke Lopez. And I'm like, okay, I guess you guys like weren't lying. So that's, that's cool. But like, you know, that's how it always is. Like an organization is just going to tell you the good news. Right. Um, so it was, it was kind of shocking to be like, Oh, great like the they're just totally fine and they're going to be able to do everything that they want to do so honestly if the celtics want to play big the bucks would love to play big the bucks love being big that is their favorite thing on the planet i think everyone you know fantasizes about the Giannis at center lineup and is thinking about oh man if the Bucks were just more innovative and would go small and, you know, do all these creative things like Mike Boonholzer just doesn't get it. And what people don't realize is that like Mike Boonholzer got it. He understood everything. The Bucks just beat the shit out of teams last year. They were like, you know what? We're leaning into being big. We're going to put Brooke Lopez out there. We're going to put Giannis out there and we're going to put PJ Tucker out there. And we are going to crush the offensive glass defensively we're just going to be massive and you're going to try to get to the rim and you're not going to get anything at the rim and yeah we might give up some threes sometimes but whatever because they're not going to be the best threes and you are getting nothing at the rim that's just not how it's going to work so honestly if if the the idea is to try to keep brooke lopez on the floor as much as possible uh i don't know if it's any secret but the bucks would love that 
they would love to have Brooke Lopez out on the floor uh, as much as possible. Because to me right now, like, if you look at what they have without Chris Middleton, anything that allows them to have more size on the floor without needing to rely on, you know, Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton or a small lineup, whatever it may be, anything that allows them to do that is a massive win for them because they don't have size on the wing, but they do have size in the form of bigs. So if they can stay big, they would love to stay big in this series. There's going to be so much on Drew Holiday in this (sighs) series. That dude is going to have zero possessions off defensively. He's either going to be on Tatum or Jalen Brown for the whole series. And, and he, I mean, he's as good as it gets defensively. He's a stud, but there's just going to be so much on him because defensively, like, I just don't think they have a ton of versatility right now, especially on the wing. And, it's just going to be like, Drew, <laughs> you need to take away Tatum. And he just outplayed Kevin Durant, but you need to take him away. And I uh, I feel like like if, if he is extremely disruptive, which he can be, um, that would go a long way toward toward making this, toward tilting this toward the Bucs. Um, no, you're... you're- a hundred percent right on this. And I think where it gets really interesting is that, um, you know, last postseason, what we saw was that Drew can take a really tough defensive possession or, or a really tough defensive assignment, excuse me, and be great possession after possession after possession. But where you're going to see the, the kind of effects of that is offensively. He's just not going to be, as good as he can be offensively. And, you know, so much of what the Bucks did last season was, all right, you know what? We're, we have enough defensive talent with P.J. Tucker and with Drew Holiday that we can put those two guys on the best guard and the best wing, and then Chris Middleton is going to get to be a team defender, which he's great at, but also that's going to take a lot of the energy that he's going to have to use defensively off his t- off his plate and he can go be great offensively and that's what you saw right like you just saw Chris Middleton making clutch bucket after clutch bucket and they were running everything through Chris offensively and it was Chris and Giannis with Drew kind of on the side and he had some really ugly games that you know I think heading into overtime of uh Bucks Nets game seven. He's like three of fourteen. Uh, or excuse me, heading into the final couple minutes, and then he hits then a couple he took big him threes. Home. Yeah, and then he took him home. Like he can do that, but it's a lot. Like he has to really expel a ton of energy. And I think to me, with Middleton out, that's where it, this series becomes really tough. Is they need Drew Holiday to both be great defensively. And like you said, there's there's not a lot of good matchups out there for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Essentially, the Bucks have Drew Holiday and Wesley Matthews. And that's it. Like, those are the two guys that are... And Wesley Matthews, again, is older. He's not quite big enough for these dudes. Like, he was big enough for DeMar DeRozan. I don't think he's big enough for Jason Tatum. Um, but they're undersized. And they're going to be in a tough spot against those wings. But on top of all of that, every second Drew Holiday's on the floor, he's going to have to have one of those wings. And then on top of it, he's going to have to be the Bucks' secondary creator. Like, it's Giannis, and then it's Drew Holiday. And that is asking a shit ton of Drew Holiday. Like, th- there's just no way around it. And, you know, is he capable? Of course he's capable. He's one of the best two-way players in the league. But that is a workload that you just don't often see. And... That was the whole idea of having the big three in Milwaukee and having Drew Holiday come in and be the guy that gets you over the top was, hey, he can do all this defensive stuff and then you know he can do some offensive stuff when you need it. He can come through with a clutch bucket. He's not afraid of the moment. He can create himself. That's all well and good. But to be the two, that's to me a different story. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, and and I think on the flip side of that, Tatum will be challenged in completely different ways than he was in the first round. In the first round, he had to be locked in defensively against Kevin Durant. Maybe one of the maybe the best scorer ever, <laughs> like way, way up there on that list. If he's not. Um, and then, but the Nets defense just had nothing for him. It was like the Celtics ran a couple screens, got a good matchup. There was no, hardly any rim protection. There was tiny guards everywhere guarding him. And the Bucks are totally different. They have tons of rim protection. And Drew Holiday is a type of player who used to give Tatum a lot of challenges. The guys who could really get up in him who could really disrupt him that way. Um, and I think he's changed a lot. He's gotten stronger. He, he's gotten better at handling that. But handling Drew Holiday is a lot. <laughs> like, like that. that is no joke. That is, It's not going to be the same as, as going up against like Goran Dragic or Seth Curry <laughs> in switches, you know? Yeah. Uh, so so th- this is going to be a very different challenge for Tatum. I... Uh, I look forward to to seeing how how that goes the the holiday Tatum matchup that could be a whole lot of fun. Um, what what other? So I was gonna say I've I've been looking series. a little bit uh, in like the comments that people are leaving and uh, you know someone was like okay so the Bucks have no one for those guys on the wing but you haven't talked about Giannis and that's like a hundred percent true right like okay. The Bucks could put Giannis on Jason Tatum. That is a that is a thing that the Bucks could do. But again, they only try that out of desperation, really, though, right? Correct. Like, I remember they they tried that against Jimmy Butler when that Heat series went wrong. Was that in the bubble? Yeah. So they try to stay away from it. They know that Giannis is like the 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 best help defender in the world. Like no one is better in that roving role than Giannis. Like, it, it's just not close. The The havoc that he can wreck, that dude is the best on the planet in that way. And he can affect games that way. They feel better about that because of everything that he can do. Because then he's not just affecting one player, he's affecting the entire floor. Uh, last year, they did decide to put him on Jimmy Butler. Undeniable. Bucks sweep the heat. And, you know, they were willing to to go about it differently. And he went under on every Jimmy Butler pick and roll. He played five to six feet off of Jimmy Butler at all times and dared him to come to the rim and allow Jimmy Butler to shoot a bunch of jumpers. You know what you can't do against Jason Tatum? Can't do that. That. <laughs> any of can't that. Can't do that. You sure you sure can't do that. You can't dare that dude to take shots because he will take them and make them. So I, I think it's a totally different matchup. Like that was a spot where they're just like, all right, cool, Jimmy Butler, you're not going to beat us like that. We're we're, we're good. Like well, Giannis can yeah. still be a helper and still cover you because you can't hit shots in the way that you need to hit shots. So like, I just don't think it's the same situation and. You know, we saw the Bucks at times put him on Kevin Durant last year. And again, you can do that. But this Celtics team is a really tough matchup. This is they have size everywhere. 
So if you're willingly going to put Giannis on Jason Tatum, everything else gets screwed up in a way that I don't think you necessarily want it to get screwed up. And and maybe maybe it works, right? Like maybe that's the secret for the Bucks is that this fixes all of the matchup problems. Giannis on Jason Tatum and you just go with it. But Jason Tatum's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And that means you have the potential of foul trouble. And if I know anything about the Celtics and how they play Giannis, uh, you're probably thinking about two offensive fouls a game because I know Marcus Smart's going to fall all over the place. Like, that's just what he does. He'll he'll try to step in <laughs> yes, and take is. a charge, and he's going to fall over, and he gets a there lot of respect. There will be at least one game where he takes, like, three charges. And he gets a lot of respect from the officials because he's now Defensive Player of the Year. And all of a sudden, it's going to be, okay, three charges, and then – you can't have the the potential of fouls on the other side for Giannis. And I think that's where the Bucks get somewhat scared of putting Giannis on the other team's best wing score because Giannis is a great defender. He can hold up in switches. He can do his thing there. But he is pretty handsy in one-on-one situations. So if Tatum gets into the whole, you know, hezzy, between the legs, behind the back, step back, keep the dribble alive. Like if he does all of that, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be in a spot where Giannis might put his hands on him and that can be a quick foul. And then all of a sudden Giannis is in foul trouble and everything doesn't work in the same way. So uh, I agree. Uh, Sorry. I didn't see who the commenter was. They kind of just like fly through. Um, So I appreciate that because it is it is something that can linger over this series. Uh, you know, the idea of, you know, just put Giannis on Jason Tatum uh, and that fixes everything. Maybe that is the case, but I just don't think that's how the Bucks have used Giannis. And I think over the years, he's shown that that isn't, you know, like he's not PJ Tucker. That's going to be up in Kevin Durant's face for the entire game. Like that isn't that isn't the way that you use him because he's just so big that if he touches a wing they're like nope he fouled him he doesn't get and, the same he doesn't get the same levity as you know like a guy like Marcus Smart a guy like Drew Holiday uh a guy that's undersized on the wing you, if you're undersized on the wing you can be more handsy you can be more aggressive but if you're the biggest dude on the floor refs don't tend to think like you know what we should give him a little leeway uh they think the opposite the, the and and we've seen it again and again and again with Giannis. Like he, he doesn't get that leeway in the same way that a smaller player might. And I think because he's so physically overwhelming, and because he's so great defensively, especially in help, people think, oh, he should be able to lock down anyone. And right. what gets lost is that he's still seven feet tall, and like it's just tougher to navigate screens I mean, and do so- all of that stuff. When you're that big. So to that point, um, last year, Bucks are, are about to play the Nets. Um, and again, we're all on Zoom and it sucks, right? Like you're not in person. You can't preface questions the way that you need to. Um, but going into that Nets series, you know, a lot of the talk was like, hey, will Giannis take Kevin Durant? And I like had to try to preface this as much as possible from my living room asking this question to Giannis. But I was just like, <laughs> hey. Um, this is just my opinion. You can disagree with me if you want, but I think sometimes you struggle to get over screens that like in a pick and roll situation, you're like, you're just too big. You're going to struggle to do that. And I honestly thought Giannis was going to like jump through the camera and into my living room and be like, (laughs) you want to see me get over a screen? Like I'll show you some shit right now. Um, but I was just like, all right. So I asked him that question. And he's like, you know, that's like a very good opinion. I see what you're saying. Um, You're right. I could be better at it. But no one my size is better at it than me in the world. I'm the best seven footer in the world at getting over screens. No one else can do it like me. And it's 100% true, right? It's 100% accurate. Undeniable. There's not another seven footer in the category. But that isn't his strength. That is, that is like you said, that's not the ideal way to use him. Like he still is seven feet tall. He still is a big target for pick and roll screens. Like I just think, again, 
can you use it at certain times on switches uh, in small doses? Yeah, I do think Giannis can cover Jason Tatum in those moments, but I don't think you want 30 minutes of that every single night. Yeah, that that's just and again, he's going to have to do everything offensively. Like <laughs> yes, there's everything. no there's no Chris Middleton to control the fourth quarter offense. There's no Chris Middleton to take care of things even when Giannis sits on the bench. Like how many minutes is Giannis going to have to play in this series? It's probably going to be a lot. And I know Boonholzer doesn't always love playing guys big minutes even in postseason series, but this seems like a 45 46 minute a night series, at least deeper into the series for Giannis, just because like when he goes to the bench, it's Chris Middleton time. Yep. But now, now what time is it? <laughs> you know, like yeah, Grayson no. Allen time. Yeah, no, I mean, it's got to like, be Drew Holiday time. It's got to be Bobby Portis time. And like two, again, to Boonholzer's credit, um, he drives Bucks fans crazy because he opens up every series in pretty much the Bucks base defensive coverage. Like they're they're not going to open the series and be like, "Hey, we put together these ten things that we do defensively that we know are gonna stop the Celtics." They're gonna come out in game one, and they're gonna be in pretty much their base defense. That there will be you know some specific adjustments to that team, but overall, it's gonna be their base stuff. And they're terrible in game ones. They're probably gonna drop game one. And then they're going to go to game two. They're going to make a couple adjustments. And then game three is where, you know, they really start to throw stuff at teams and they really start to adjust. And we've seen again and again and again that they get better as series goes on. And Bud, to his credit, will start to play Giannis 40 minutes a night. He'll start to to do some of that. And that wasn't something that happened in their first two postseason runs. You know, they were playing the heat in the bubble, and Giannis was still playing 36 minutes a night. And I was hammering Bud every postgame, like, why is Giannis not playing more? Uh, last year, that wasn't the case. He willingly played all those guys a lot more minutes. And like you said, if, if that's the case, they're going to need 40-plus every night. And it's – I put it in our preview – I don't I don't think the Bucks can win this series without getting the best series of Giannis's life or something similar to what he was doing in the NBA Finals. And that was against a, a Suns team that didn't have great matchups for Giannis, that didn't really have someone that could cover Giannis, and he could just dominate that game. Celtics are the best defense team in the league. They have size. They they have big wings. They have a Marcus Smart causing chaos around the floor. Uh, even if he isn't on Giannis, he might be on Giannis sometimes, but like, even if he isn't like, this is going to require the best series of Giannis's life. And the Bucks still might not have enough with, with Chris Middleton out. They still might not get enough from the role players. So that's why, I mean, I think, I think we're probably heading for seven. Cause I do think Giannis is going to do some insane Giannis stuff, but you know, my official prediction was Celtics and seven. Yeah, the the one lineup uh, that I am intrigued by from a Celtics perspective in this series is their all-shooting lineup, which they pulled out at the end of Game 2 of the Nets series. This this lineup played six minutes all regular season, and then Emi Odoka was like, you know what, <laughs> let's fuck up the Nets <laughs> with all shooters. And he went to Grant Williams at the 4, Al Horford at the 5, Tatum, Brown, and Pritchard. And I think Pritchard could be a hole in this series because it's just a place where Milwaukee can target, where Giannis can go. But if the Bucks do have to play, you know, some some and, and they're a tough team to play small guys against because Drew Holiday is huge at point guard. Yep. And and he can physically fuck your day up. Um yeah. Pat Connaughton if you try to hide someone on Pat Connaughton, he's just a monster rebounder, monster rebounder. Um, so it can, it can be really hard to play a, a smaller guy against the Bucks. But I think if the Celtics can get away with that defensively, I think the way that the Bucks play defense um, and the amount of, of bigs that they'll be playing throughout some of the series – um, like that shooting lineup is interesting to me. Uh, and I, I, I really don't know whether it will work. 
I, I have no idea defensively if, if they can hold up. But if they can, I think that could be like like really, really difficult to to spread Bobby Portis out and right. and and really, you know, punish some of the Bucks lesser defenders. That that's a way that the Celtics use to like force teams into switches and then all of a sudden you got got somebody bad on Tatum and you're like, oh God, and just kind of jumbled. Right. At least that's what they did to the to the Nets in round one. Um so that that's one of the kind of X factor lineups I'm looking for. Is there an X factor lineup for the Bucks um, that you're thinking of? I mean, I, I think for me, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if they can play small at all, um, because I just think there's when the Bucks go small, it tends to be a switching lineup, and that means you're going to have Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton on Jason Tatum. And it obviously that's not going to like start the possession. You're going to have one of your like yeah. stronger, better defenders. But like the Celtics have been hunting out mismatches for a long, long time for Jason Tatum. They, they know how to get a switch and find that guy and let him go to work. And I just don't know if they can go small. So to me, I think so much of this series depends on can Bobby Portis post up the Celtics wings as, as you and jam said earlier, like, Hey, the Celtics wings held up really well against bigger guys all season long. And I, I have no doubts about that. I also think Bobby Portis is a fill it up scorer that most big men are not. Like he has a, a patience in the post. He's massive. He's 6'10, 250. Where again and again, all season long, if he gets a wing on him, it's going to be three very slow dribbles. And in those slow dribbles, he's moved a guy probably five or six feet. He's going to get to the middle lane. He's going to shoot a righty hook and it's going in. And if you load up on that righty hook, then it's a spin over the right shoulder to a baseline fadeaway that, again, because he's massive, you're not going to touch. And Portis has those two moves, and he's fantastic with both of them. And if he can make those plays, I think all of a sudden this series becomes incredibly interesting because is he going to give up points on the other side? He sure is. Uh, but <laughs> Bobby Portis, you know, he started his career as a guy – and he's admitted this where it was like, okay, you just got two on me. I'm going to go get two on you. And then we cancel each other out. Like he has much better winning habits now. He, he does, doesn't, he doesn't flex as much as he used to, too. He does. Like, he, he's like, he's in it. I feel man. like he used to flex after every bucket. Oh, he will flex <laughs> plenty during this series, but it is a noticeable decline in flexing from years <laughs> past because this dude like actually cares about winning and played a big role on a championship team. Like if he can stay on the floor, uh, to me, th that is maybe the X factor of this series is like if the bu the Bucks are going to have to find a third scorer somewhere and they've been adamant that it doesn't have to be one guy. It doesn't have to be the same guy every night. It doesn't have to be Grayson Allen's going to get 20 every single night. That's our third scorer or Bobby Portis or whatever. But if Bobby Portis can post up the Celtics wings, to me, that's maybe a bit of a game changer in this series. Yeah. And because that's not something that the Celtics have really seen post guys do to them. And and that's another reason why I think Robert Williams' health is so big. Because if he's right, those post-ups, whether they're against Tatum, Brown, or Smart, you don't have much time. You better go quick, or Robert Williams is going to be there, and he's going to get there before you get your shot off, and he's probably going to mash it off the backboard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and so so that's another like he was not right when he he came back for games three and four of the Brooklyn series didn't have his usual impact he said he was a step slow defensively everybody's saying that his knee is is totally fine there haven't been any setbacks or anything like that but and and maybe you know they they've got almost a week in between games from game four to game one so maybe that will get him closer to a hundred percent but if he's right he'll be able to take some of that stuff away with his help defense if he's not right then 
all that stuff just becomes magnified as a possible issue for the Celtics. I'm looking forward to this series, man. It is I I think honestly like this could be the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm I'm there, not discounting no Miami, Miami especially. I I'm sort of discounting Philadelphia. <laughs> to me there's but, no Miami's be. a bear. The, these oh, are you the, think you think it's definitely the Eastern Conference Finals? These are, to me and again, it's different without Middleton. Uh if Middleton was healthy, this was for sure the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but I, I just think See, I'm not ready to write off Miami yet. I I don't like their any, defense is so crazy. I don't like any team where my ideal defensive possession is baiting one of your two stars into taking a jumper. That just means I don't trust you. And if I'm playing the Heat, I'm baiting Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo into taking all the jumpers. If I can get them to have all the offense possessions, that's great. Like I, and again, maybe it's because I watched the Bucks do that to them and destroy them that way. Uh, but but this ain't the bubble. Jimmy Butler ain't shooting fifty five percent on long twos like he did in the bubble and shooting threes too. Like that's not happening. So uh, I don't think you can other your way to a championship. And that's what the Heat's offense is. Like, hey, all of our others are going to get a bunch of shots. I just don't think you can do that uh, against the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe I'm underrating the improvement in those guys and, and what Kyle Lowry means to them and all that. Uh, and then the Sixers, I just don't think they have enough good players outside of Embiid. But again, maybe I'm wrong. But to me, this is the Eastern oh, Conference Finals. He left Harden off the good player list. Yeah, outside of Embiid, not even outside of Embiid and Harden, just outside of Embiid. I like that. I, mean, I like that, man. I've, I've seen plenty of Harden. Like I, I <laughs> understand there are nights where you know he hits step back jumpers and flexes on people, and then I understand there's other nights where it's not like that. Yeah, he uh, he's not the same guy he used to be. That's for sure, man. I, I appreciate you coming on. This has been a fantastic chat, and I look forward to seeing you in Game One. On Sunday, when are you getting to Boston? Uh, it's it's later on Saturday than Saturday than I'd want to. I wish I there was like better flights, but also I fly out of Milwaukee, and well, flights into and out of Milwaukee yeah. aren't the aren't it's the tough. easiest thing to, <laughs> to book. So uh, it's uh, tough. I'll, I'll be tough. Late, later well, on Saturday night than I want, but that's okay. We got an early start on Sunday. You know, maybe I can sneak out on on Sunday for a good dinner. So that uh, that'll be good. There you go. Appreciate your time quite a bit. And uh, is is Bobby Portis flexing potable? <laughs> is it? I mean, anything is potable. Isn't anything it? is potable! Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.